Hello, and welcome to Crescent Moon Kids podcast, where we discuss all things parenting. Whether you're a returning listener or new to my show, I hope you feel welcome, and please enjoy this episode. Recently, I was thinking about the times I've heard adults comment on how children, and this is kids of all ages, really imitate and copy the things they see adults doing and repeat the things they hear, and then the adults make a comment, something like, oh, now I really need to watch what I say. So often parents of young children realize this when they notice that their child is trying to do something that they've recently done, maybe wiping the table or trying to put on shoes or maybe imitate grooming, things like shaving or combing their hair. Or it could be when their child first repeats something that's a little off color, the parent might have said, and that has happened to all of us. And I know it can feel a bit overwhelming having to think about what you say, how you say it, how little ears are constantly listening, eyes are watching, but it's definitely a real phenomenon. So let's delve into how this works and what you can do about it. Now, I grew up with the mantra, do as I say, not as I do, and that was back the 60s and 70s. And so those um, concepts, those ideas are a little outdated. And so for us in this time frame and with information that we have gleaned from many years of research in child development, I think it's wise to shift that attitude now and to really honor the developing child to the fullest. That is if you haven't already. And it's something that I think a lot of people understand and know a little bit about, but they don't really take it quite as seriously as maybe they should, or they don't know what to do about it. And But we need to understand what's at play, because it is a double standard if you don't take it seriously, how kids will imitate everything that you say and do. And then if you be, expect them to behave and speak differently, um, it's really not fair. It's not right. And it's important to take responsibility for our words and actions and, and be more diligent in um, understanding and, and being aware. So humans have what has been described as mirror neurons in the brain. So I learned about this phenomenon probably several years ago, but recently I did some research and I wanted to share a couple of excerpts from online publications that I found. So this first one, it's a quote from nature.com. So here's the quote. Mirror neurons were discovered, and there was a a university in Italy, which I'm not going to try to pronounce because I probably will get it wrong, but in, and back to the quote, in the 1990s, and first described as nerve cells in the frontal and premotor cortex of macaws, that fire both when the monkey performs a movement and when it observes the same movement by another monkey or human. The presence of a, quote, mirror system, describing a close match between execution and observation of movements, was then also confirmed in humans, but not in other species, indicating that this might be a peculiar feature of primates. Scientists have now theorized that mirror neurons allow understanding of the meaning of another's actions and constitute the neural basis of imitation through learning and empathy. And that's the end of the quote. And again, that was from nature.com. 
So then there was another uh, resource I found from Scientific American, and this is again, it's, it's describing this a little bit in further detail, and this is also a quote. So, quote, mirror neurons are the only brain cells we know of that seem specialized to code the actions of other people and also our own actions. They are obviously essential brain cells for social interactions. Without them, we would likely be blind to the actions, intentions, and emotions of other people. The way mirror neurons likely let us understand others is by providing some kind of inner imitation of the actions of other people, which in turn lead us to, quote, simulate the intentions and emotions associated with those actions. And that's the end of that quote. And that, again, was from scientificamerican.com. In essence, scientists have described a key factor in the way children learn and the way they are influenced by all of those in their environment. So, again, the focus of this episode is to help you, first of all, become conscious of how you can more easily be aware of your thoughts, your words, your actions, and then make changes if, if needed. So first things first, initially, I think it's imperative to really understand and take it seriously how much kids really do pick up everything from their environment, and they imitate it. Their brains are developing at such a rapid rate, and they're trying to learn all about the world, and they need to do this in order to make sense of the world in which they will eventually become an adult. So taking this seriously is very respectful, and it's a logical first step toward creating a favorable atmosphere for for young children and, and then children of all ages, really. So not only is it important to recognize this, but also to tell yourself it is a real thing. Say it out loud if you need to. Tell others if you need to. It will help solidify it in your mind and, and will maybe also help those around you to become aware of this as well. And once you and those people in your circle, whether it's family or friends, once you know and understand that this is something everyone needs to be cognizant of, then you can begin to make more, hopefully more conscious choices. It starts in infancy when babies are looking at your face. They are internalizing everything, your gestures, the brightness of your eyes, the expressions and tones in your voice, basically everything they see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. They have a need to watch and to listen and even if you think a young child cannot understand what you're talking about, they do pick up on your subliminal messages and the energetic behind what you're saying and doing. So this imitating continues on into adolescence. And even though teenagers focus on their friends and often rebel against parents, they are still watching and listening. Next, if you haven't already, it would be good to begin to analyze everything that you say and do. Just start with your communication. So the actual words that you use, the way that you say those words, the attitude behind the message you're trying to get across, the animation you use that accompanies your words, your body language, gesturing, and just notice, are your interactions typically positive or are you sending out a lot of negative vibes about things you don't like? Just notice, just notice. And this is one of the things when I started yoga years and years ago when I would go to yoga classes, what I loved about it was that often the yoga teacher would just say, 
just notice. Just notice your body. Don't try to make any changes right now. Just notice what's going on in your body. And I think that is a, a key element of everything that we do is just to begin to be more mindful, to notice what's going on. Really just become familiar with how you present yourself to your family and then also to the world beyond. Are you polite and nice to people when you go out, let's say, to a restaurant or a store, but then at home, are you grumpy and distant? Your kids are going to notice. Do you find positive aspects of every life situation, or do you immediately notice negativity, things that you don't like, something that happened that is not to your standard? Do you take on a victim mentality when things don't go your way? How do you respond to challenges in general? Are you a complainer? Do you believe other people are out to get you? Do you attract like-minded people and you find common ground with other people? You can also notice how your kids are responding to the things that you're saying and what happens with their mood when they see or hear something challenging. And that is also going to be helpful for you because it will reflect back to you what they're noticing in you. One of the things I think is also important to notice is how you greet your kids when you haven't seen them for, let's say, a time period, maybe in the morning after everyone has had a, a good night's sleep, when you pick them up from daycare or school, or maybe if they've been at their friend's house and you're ready to pick them up. One of the most common practices I see parents doing is they notice their child's appearance. That's the first thing. So let's say their their clothes are, are dirty or their hair is messy or maybe their shoes are on the wrong feet. Those things are obvious to us as adults, but most of the time kids don't notice. They don't care. They just have been focused on having fun. Um, now, if you're getting ready for a formal event such as a wedding, of course it's important to make sure they're clean and their shoes match and all of that. But for most purposes, the state of their appearance is irrelevant, especially if they are in a play setting. What's most important is how they feel, their mental state, their emotional state. So when you notice that your child has food stains from lunch, maybe just try to overlook that and look into their eyes first thing. Let it be a cue to ask if he enjoyed his lunch that day. So instead of, maybe you notice the, the, the food stains, and instead of saying something about it, let it trigger you to say something about, oh, how was your lunch, or did you enjoy your lunch today? And then maybe it will come up about there's food stains on the shirt later, but that shouldn't be the first thing. Um, maybe she has dirt between her toes, so you could... Let that be your cue to say, it looks like you had fun on the playground today. And then later you might talk about how, oh, you had so much fun. Now you have so, uh, your feet are so dirty. We're going to need to take a bath tonight. So looking directly into their eyes, I think will help you notice how bright they are if they've been having fun. Maybe she got her feelings hurt earlier in the day and she's looking sad. You could ask, did you have a peaceful day? Or if she had fun with her friends, she might be more likely to understand her own feelings if you notice her eyes and her face and focus on what you see. You know, it looks like you're really excited about playing today. What you notice and prioritize is going to stand out to your kids, and then that will become their focus. So just be aware of how you're greeting your kids and what you're focused on. They're learning what is most important by the ways that you interact with them. 
I would say give yourself about three weeks to tune in, observe yourself, um, try to just notice this analytical phase. Um, it usually takes about three weeks to change a habit. And you're probably going to say and do things that your kids will help you recognize you want to change. So kudos to them. I say a big thank you to everyone along the way, whether it's uh, mental or verbal, who is helping you see yourself. And when you really take the time to notice and become aware of your belief system, then you not only improve your life, but you also give your kids a much better environment in which to develop and thrive. So finally, once you have given yourself grace to just notice more deeply, and then you can begin to think about how you would like to change your interactions. So once again, you'll be helped along by your kids because they're going to continue to imitate your words and your actions and your attitudes. And, And so be sure to mentally thank them for guiding your awareness and showing yourself to you through them. So it might be helpful if you like to write to start a journal and just write down things that you notice in those first few weeks. You can get really specific and and, um, just write objectively, no judgment, just the facts. State the actions that that you noticed yourself doing. Write the words verbatim. Make a list of responses from your kids. And one of the things that you could do is if you take a sheet of paper, divide the paper into two vertical columns and on the left side you label at the top you label it objective and on the right side you label subjective and so then you record some of the actual communication that you have maybe with your kids or just in general so the left side is for actual dialogue or basic facts like Dorothy said I don't like this shirt then on the right side you can record your emotional reaction other thoughts you might have, you could say, I didn't like it when she said she didn't like the shirt because it was one I bought for her and it cost a lot of money or, or whatever. So this sep- helps separate out the facts from the impressions, the opinions, and the judgments. So often we find that writing can be a wonderful technique for, for many reasons, but it can be especially helpful when you're trying to become aware of some of the things that, that are hard to see in yourself. So reading it back to yourself later can really be eye-opening. Now, the tendency might be to be critical of yourself. Again, no judgment. Just being able to look at yourself with objectivity and the desire to soften those corners of your daily life can be a beautiful experience. It's really about creating a happier and more peaceful version of yourself while you're trying to become the best possible role model for your kids. And I think that you will find that it's, it's pretty incredible, just some, some minor little tweaks and changes, how that can change everybody's perspective. So I hope this has uh, been helpful information for you. And once again, thanks for listening. Until next time.